The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Hello, and welcome to the Circling the Bases podcast, proudly presented by NBC Sports Edge. My name is DJ Short, and with me here once again is Drew Silva. We are live on the NBC Sports Edge YouTube channel right now, as well as the NBC Sports Edge Twitch page. So welcome to our audiences there. You can submit questions if you have anything on your mind. It can be fantasy-related, pennant race, whatever. Really, we're open-minded. Uh, so just for context, in case you're listening to the audio version of this show, we are recording uh, Thursday night, August 26th. And with us here today, our special guest, Chris Ranji from 670 The Score, BetQL, a bunch of other places, also known as Drew's drinking buddy. Chris, uh, <laughs> thanks for being here. Uh, really good to have you. I just watched Drew drink. And I'm I'm impressed with what he's able able to do. You know, he's wow, he's prolific. Thrown under the bus. <laughs> Just we're only we're five seconds start. in. Yeah, that's how we're gonna start, man. Chris, well, thanks for having me. I I, I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm big of fans of both of you, and uh, looking forward to it. Chris does like to like text me on Friday night at like 9 p.m. And you know, Friday is like one of my big off days, and so sometimes I get started a little early. And yes, so he by, does. By the time he meets up with me at the at the bar or wherever we are. <laughs> You know, I'm I'm usually pretty deep into the into the action. Yeah, <laughs> maybe slow down a little bit, bud, so I can I can uh, meet up with you at a good hour. You know, I only I mean? know one one speed, unfortunately. I know you do, and you're good at that speed. But Drew <laughs> Drew is the Drew is the best, and he showed me some good spots in the area that I didn't know about. So I feel indebted to him. Wow, very nice. So you can return the favor tonight, Drew. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm kind of open-minded about where we go with the show tonight. Um, you know, Chris, I know you have experience with the with the White Sox. Um, you've done stuff in, in St. Louis as well. We could go that direction. Also, you're sort of in the in the betting space as well. So we could talk about uh, possible like awards, World Series, postseason. And were you at the Field of Dreams game as well? I did go to it. Yeah. Oh, wow. okay. Yeah. So yes. I, I got to be one of the uh, fortunate few to go. I was one of the unfortunate, even fewer to leave the game early. And um, so I, so I missed all of the good stuff. And I told Drew about this and pretty much everybody that knows about it has been all over me for it. And um, so I, I was thinking this is the best regular season game that's happened all year, just because of the environments, the, the, history of the game being in Iowa, the first ever game in Iowa, you know, the movie backdrop, all that stuff. And then 
for it to end the way it did in the ninth inning with the Yankees taking the lead and then the, the then the White Sox coming right back and winning the whole thing. I thought this is this is arguably the best regular season game, certainly regular season finish of the year. And then the Dodgers and Padres happened last night. Mm-hmm. For anybody who stayed up and watched the whole thing. And then, I, you know, a lot of people left that game and I felt like, OK, I don't feel so bad anymore because all those people left that. And that 16 inning uh, fantastic game it was a bad game until it was yeah. really good at the end, you right. know, so I, I felt sort of vindicated there. But then I've been told by a lot of people, no, that doesn't cover for what you did in <laughs> Iowa. So I don't know how I feel. But that game was a lot of fun. The whole environment, the atmosphere, everything that happened in Dyersville was great. Yeah, tell us a little bit about like the surrounding. So why did you have to leave, first of all? So. I drew, I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm a responsible person Mm. and I knew I was driving back to Chicago that night because I had to work the next day for the score. No, no, I'm sorry. I was working for Odyssey for the BetQL network the next day. Um, And then I was working for the score on Saturday. So instead of coming back to St. Louis, I had to go to Chicago, which is about a four and a half, five hour trip. And my thought was, all right, I'm going to go. I'm going to catch a few innings. And then I'm going to go be responsible so that I'm not getting into Chicago at like five in the morning because I knew the traffic getting out of Dyersville was going to be terrible because that's what everybody said. It was bad getting into town. You know, once you got off the highway into town, it's about two miles from the highway to the farm. It took an hour and 15 minutes to get from the highway to the farm. And it was only like a mile and a half or two. And I'm like, it's going to be even worse when everybody leaves all at once. So I'm not dealing with that mess. I'll get back to Chicago reasonable hour. The, the Sox were up seven to four at the time. I thought this game's over. None of that stuff's going to happen. And then all the great stuff happened way after I left. Of course it did. Yeah. So it wasn't like a family emergency. You, no, you just, no, you I just planned left. It. You yeah. planned it. Okay. Totally right. planned. You couldn't have gotten but, a hotel in Dyersville, Iowa. Uh, well, so I you had to about be that. in Chicago. Well, I had to be up early the next day yeah. and I, I could have conceivably worked from a hotel in, on Friday, but then I would have had to have gotten a room for Friday night. You know what I mean? Like I would have, because yeah. I wouldn't have been done working by the time I had to check out. Right. So it just, I, it, I had to do all this stuff. I thought I was being responsible. I should have just sucked it up and stayed and then gotten two hours of sleep and gone to work. That's what you I should have done. Lie, you could just lie and say you were there until the end. Well, it's That's too late now. It's it, <laughs> it's way too late. I called myself out for it immediately when it happened. And everybody like complete strangers are all over me. Like, look at this yeah. stupid idiot. <laughs> like, yes, I know. <laughs> I know. God. Yeah, yeah it was it's not the best move on my part. It's so, weird. yeah, it's I, weird I think strangers on, it's weird that strangers on Twitter were being rude to you. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Can you imagine that, guys? You have no idea what that's like, I'm sure. Never experienced it. No, it's um, the weirdest thing. But you bring up an interesting point about, like, the traffic out of Dyersville. Like, you know, people have talked about Cooperstown. Like, there should be a Hall of Fame game every year. There used to be, um, I think, until, like, 2007, 2008. And then that stopped. I don't really know why, but it did. But logistically to get everyone up there and to get everyone home through those like little towns and roads, like that could be problematic. So 
I kind of understand why there might be hesitation about that, but I see no reason why there shouldn't be an annual game there as well. And then to build up that stadium, double day uh, field. Right. Uh, You know, and I, it can be done and it can even be done on a temporary basis because that field, from what I understand in Iowa. So as everybody knows, it wasn't the the movie field. This field was down the left field line about, I don't know, a hundred yards away or something. That's a, it, the field itself is permanent, but the stands, you know, they built that 8,000 seat, um, you know, grandstand. That's not permanent. Like that's, it, it was obvious that it was all scaffolding and can come down. And I think the, the, the idea was to take it all down and then put it back up again next year when they have the Cubs and the Reds play. So they could totally do that in Cooperstown. And I've never been to Cooperstown, so I don't know what that whole traffic situation is like. It's very, country, it's very country. It's very country. In the middle of nowhere. You can't do anything about that. You know, it's yeah. just going to be one of those things where you tell people, look, it's going to take a long time coming in and a long time leaving. And that's the end of it. Um, but I, I feel like they should do something there every year. Yeah. They're, they're prepared for large crowds. I haven't been to the actual Hall of Fame, but I've been right up near Cooperstown. We had a family friend who had a really cool farmhouse up there for a long time. And it's it's country, man. I mean, it's in the middle of nowhere. And there's not like a – what would be the closest city? I honestly Is don't. Buffalo closer don't than Manhattan, certainly. Yeah, right? yeah, Rochester. yeah. Rochester, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Albany. Um, yeah, probably, yeah. But the, I mean, they, they have had a hundred thousand people there at, at times for for certain inductions. Oh yeah, I pro- probably so. So I mean, they are used to the everyone coming up for for those type of events. And and you know, if this game does happen at some point, like how many people were actually at that at the Field of Dreams game? Was it like twelve thousand total or eight, something? It was in the eight thousand range. Oh, okay. Um. Well, I mean, the attendance was eight. I'm sure it was more when you include. I don't know if there were there were comp tickets or whatever. Um, yeah. Saw the foul ball there, foul ball, foul ball guy running around there. You know the guy that wears the MLB cap um, <laughs> that takes photos in bathtubs full of baseballs. He was there, and I saw and I saw him, and I went, "Oh God, okay." Of That's course, what this he's going to be like, yeah. It was it was uh, Kevin Costner, uh, the guy who played John Kinsella, his dad, and then the foul ball guy. Those were the. <laughs> Those were the famous people that were at uh, the Field of Dreams game. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know the one thing that I, I actually thought should have happened, and I was I was like positive it was going to happen was so I saw um, whatever the actor's name that plays his dad at the end of the movie. You know, the very end. Yeah, yeah. That guy was taking photos with people. He he was just kind of walking around, and the way it worked was. They had the regular movie set, you know, the regular movie field in order to get to the field where the game was. You had to walk through the center field corn, you had to like brush corn aside to get to a pathway. It was about 10 feet of the corn, you know, and it was a really cool thing. Like I I thought this is the neatest way to get everybody to that, you know, that stadium. And then there's this pathway they had built from one field to the next. And that guy was on that pathway, hanging out in the corn, just taking photos with people. And I thought, okay, when they do the first pitch, Costner's going to throw him the first pitch. Right. And th- that'd be perfect. Like absolutely yeah. perfect. And then that guy was nowhere to be found. So I don't know what they did, but he was there. He just lost, he didn't lost in the corn, lost in the corn, lost in the corn with the ghosts. Having, having Googled him. If you click on images, 
it's pretty much all him and Kevin Costner at various events. It's kind oh, of oh yeah. I don't mean to shame the guy. I mean he was in uh, Dennis the Menace Strikes Again in 1998. He was, yeah. The Cutting Edge. He played a bit part in The Cutting Edge. Oh, with the uh, DB Sweeney. That's right. And DB I can't Sweeney think of the and, um, Mariah Kelly. I guess we'll okay. see the Moira Kelly. Moira Moira Kelly. Moira Kelly. Moira yeah, Kelly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Cutting yeah. Edge is a great movie. Yeah. So uh, DB was on the score with um, uh, with Lawrence Holmes, who's one of the the midday hosts at the station. He was on with him a couple of weeks ago, and he said, I, "You guys have both seen that movie, right? Yeah, Cutting yeah. Edge. Yeah, you know the line Topic, where she keeps saying Topic over and over again. Yeah, he said people constantly. Still, and this was a dude in Eight Men Out. He's like, right, that's right. the thing that people say to him the most. I thought Topic <laughs> to him. <laughs> it was like the uh, oh, who's the guy in? He died recently, but he was in uh, My Cousin Vinny." He played the the prosecutor in My Cousin Vinny. Do you know what I'm talking yeah. about? I, I do remember that, but I, I couldn't tell you what his name was. But I, I remember seeing that in the news fairly so recently. He, he had the line in the movie where they were you know trying to uh, uh, pick out the cars that were involved in this murder. And he does the thing where he goes, ah, identical. That part? <laughs> yes, remember yes, that? yes, yes. Yeah, I do. <laughs> Before he died, he said people constantly came up to him and would go, ah, identical to him. <laughs> Can you imagine like you're an actor, you've probably been in a bunch of stuff, maybe it's good stuff, little stuff, and then you have this one stupid line. Right. People right. are constantly coming up to you and, and bringing up. I think that'd be great. One of my good friends um, worked with the sister of the guy who was Ned Ryerson in, uh, in Groundhog Day. And oh, okay. he said all the time, like that, that's all anybody ever asked of him. It's like, you know, first steps a doozy and like things <laughs> like that. So Ned Ryerson, and he was like happy to be Ned Ryerson too. So that's cool. But you see him and yeah. like pop up in like a law and order episode or something. Like yeah. he's just that guy who's kind of in the background. Sometimes. He's, he's a bit yeah. of a character actor. And yeah, like, um, I've seen the, who was the guy that played shooter McGavin? And he's done a lot oh, of stuff, yeah. but I, I've like watched him on the Rich Eisen show now on Peacock. Shout out. Um, nice. Yeah. We're also on Peacock sometimes. Yeah, hey. we are. I nice. can, if you Google Drew Silva on there, you can, you can find me. Oh, look at you. Yeah. Or not Google, uh, Peacock it. You know, Peacock. Search on yeah. Peacock. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I've seen him on the Rich Eisen show and he's like, he fully embraces the shooter thing. I guess you might as well, right? Like, right? It's, yeah, totally. It brings probably some profits to your life, and people are excited to see you. There's like a way to go about it where you don't, I don't know, rebel against it and you kind of embrace it. I feel like there's a certain number or like a certain generation of people who might know Keith Hernandez better as like on Seinfeld than like the oh, baseball yeah. player. Yeah. Or he's um, cool with that. Or, or the soup Nazi in that episode. Yeah. Um, Larry something. I can't remember his name. I met him at a White Sox game. I don't know, 10 years ago, probably. And he's still like he does appearances as the soup Nazi. No soup and, and, and you imagine these guys are, you know, and, and women, they get these roles and they think, OK, this is going to be the start of this big acting career for me. And then that that ends up the biggest thing they ever do. And then you have to just accept it and embrace it. 
So if you're John Kinsella, you just embrace the rest of your life that you were in this iconic movie for a very short period of time and just go with it. So I, I guess that's what's uh, happened. I have a Keith Hernandez. Um, Did I ever tell you this drew or not? I don't really Uh, remember every time. Is it a St. Louis centric story or Uh, not really? I mean, it was, well, he was kind of an a-hole to me. Um, I could see that. Okay. Not because of him, because of you. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, it was, it was right around the time that red Shane Dean's died. And, you know, like he knew red and, and, somebody when I was on the St. Louis show said we should try to get him on. And I have a contact who gave me Keith's number and knows Keith and said, yeah, he, he knows you're going to reach out to him. So, you know, go ahead. So I did. And I was like, like I, I sometimes I realize that when you deal with athletes and former athletes, that sometimes you have to lay out everything for them. Like you have to, when you text them to give them a, Hey, we would love to have you on the show. Um, here are all the times, like, here's a list of times, like here are eight different times and all of them are good. You pick one and you tell me. And I basically did that. And I was very explicit and he got back right away and he was like, well, okay, but what time? And I was like, well, I just, you know, like I gave you a bunch of times, like I, I, all you have to do is, is pick one. And then he sort of disappeared for a while. And I was told he wanted to come on and that's why I reached out to him And so then I reached out again, like a day or two later to follow up with him. And he said, uh, wait, wait, what time again? And I was like, you know what? I'm sorry. And I, and I took, I, I, I wore it. I said, I'm sorry. Maybe my text message didn't go through to you because I'm having trouble with reception, which I wasn't, I was just trying to be nice. And, and so I laid it out for him again and he said, no, I'm sorry. Can't do it. Uh, he said, I can't do it tomorrow. We have a game. And I was like, okay, well, I didn't mean tomorrow. I meant like, you know, this was for today. Like I asked you about it a couple of days ago for today. And he said, sorry, can't do it guys. What time do you think game starts? And I was like, all right, jerk. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm, like I laid this out for you three days ago, gave you specific times. I'm sorry. You can't read. I was trying to be nice here, but now I'm done being nice to you. You jerk. Now he's a Cardinals hall of famer. And it's it, the, the story. If I were to read these text messages directly to you, it's it's like if you read it, you'd be like, what the hell's wrong with this guy? Like, are you an idiot? Yeah. What's wrong I mean, it you? might like, be like my dad. dad. It might be like my dad trying to do text he messages. Like, can't it see. It can be like, hard. Um, my dad puts like a glasses on top of glasses to like maybe. read text messages. It could be like that. I don't, I don't know. know. But but DJ words are words. If they're yeah. on paper or on a screen, they, they mean exactly the same things. All you have right. to do is read them in order. Well, right before we started the show, Keith Hernandez is doing the Mets game on SNY, and he is talking about reheating a chicken sandwich in the microwave. Oh, God. Uh, which to me is just an assault on that chicken sandwich. You, you should not do that under any circumstances. It's got to go oven. Or if you can't finish the chicken sandwich, just throw it away. Well, he there's chicken sandwiches in the booth, and he said, I already had my meal for tonight. I don't like to eat late. So he's going to save it for lunch tomorrow and said he was going to microwave it. I say put it in the air fryer. Air fryer. Oh, yeah. yeah OK. I, I'm not as advanced as you two. I don't have an air fryer. They're like it's $30 so easy. on Amazon, bro. It's easier than the oven, actually. Yeah, yeah. I know. And, and you, get the cri- you, get the crisp, you get the crisp. And I mean, that's that's the whole point of a chicken sandwich, I think. 
there yeah. are pe- people that have air fryers and there are people that don't. And you, know, <laughs> you can be in one category and I'll be in the other. All right. Well, I'm in the wrong category. There are, there are people who leave I'm the field of grains game early and they, there are people who don't do that. I know. I'm not saying one is wrong or one is right. There are just two categories. Uh, I know. And so, I'm in the wrong category. I'm about to read a promo for the first time. Okay. Oh, so good. I, we'll see. That's it. You guys are learning as I am. So for the first time in history, the two biggest sporting events on the planet unite with the Super Bowl and the Winter Olympics on NBC this February. Go to NBCSports.com slash once in a lifetime for a chance to win a once in a lifetime VIP experience of your choice. No purchase necessary, void where prohibited, 18 plus to enter ends February 4th, subject to official rules. So go ahead and enter NBCSports.com slash once in a lifetime. Sounds like a pretty fun thing. Are we eligible for that? No, you're not, but I am. Highly. I'm 17 years old, so I can't enter. Wow. So so wait, the the Super Bowl and the maybe we shouldn't dissect the promo no i don't i i was like wait there's winter olympics this winter because tokyo 2020 got pushed back to 2021 this is this is in your swag bag chris to this oh wow tokyo 2020 mouse pad it's really nice yeah where is my swag bag you have it i have some hand sanitizer too (laughs) i have a a beach ball oh a beach ball that will come in really handy for me got some pens living i could use a pen or two I got some Tokyo pens. pens. Next time okay. we hang out, I'll hook you up. All right, that's perfect. Bring it, bring it out to the bar, and I'll, uh, I'll grab it from you then. I will. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. So why don't we get into sort of our non non chicken sandwich uh, uh, talk? Why don't Why don't we talk about baseball? Uh, I mean, if you want to. So yeah, with with the playoffs sort of coming into focus, I guess. Um, I think for a long time we thought it would be Giants, Dodgers, Padres. You know, uh, one through three, both uh, teams or whoever doesn't win the division making the wild card game. I don't know if that's going to happen anymore. You Darvish is off the injured list tonight, but mm-hmm. that Padres pitching staff is still a mess. So like with that backdrop, why don't we go into kind of where things stand right now, late August, where, how do you think this is going to shake out in the national league? I don't know how you guys feel, but Drew, I, I, 
I still feel like the Padres are going to find themselves in the playoffs. It, it, it might be underwhelming by the end of the year and they could just sneak in. I mean, they're only a game and a half as we record this podcast. Now um, they're only a game and a half out behind Cincinnati. And I like the reds. I just don't know if I believe in the reds for the remainder of the season. I don't know if that's a team that uh, look, I, I think they're good. And I think they're the second best team in the National League Central, but I don't think they're playoff good. I think the Padres will end up getting there. It'll just be underwhelming for a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, the pitching is a problem for the Padres when coming into the year, it seemed like they they might have had the best pitching depth in baseball or right up there with the Dodgers. Um, there are a lot of injuries and like, I don't know, I guess Blake Snell looked great on Wednesday night. Yeah, um, and how, he did how exactly was, what they asked him to do. They said, go deep. Go deep in the game. We're guess, not going to go 16 innings. Yeah, right. Yeah. I guess that Dodgers-Padres game just started. I'm interested to see how Darvish looks because he was really bad in like his mm-hmm. final four starts before he went on the IL. I, I wouldn't shock me if the Reds pull that off. I mean, Wade Miley has continued his incredible season. He's like up there with some of the best pitchers in baseball if you look at wins above replacement. I, I know war for pitchers is not an ideal stat. Um, Luis Castillo has been a lot better lately. He had like one blow up at the beginning of this month. Um, and he, he's kind of had that throughout the year, but he's been a lot better in the second half. Vladimir Gutierrez has been a savior for them. Yeah, Tyler he's been great. Um, and I, they don't they don't have Jesse Winker right now, but it seems like he should be back within a week or so. And he was having... I mean, when Fernando Tatis Jr. went down, when he when he went on the IL again with like that un, for the third time with the shoulder, Jesse Winker appeared on some betting boards for NL MVP. Like he he's having mm. that that great of a season, um, and Nick Castellanos is healthy now. What he had a two homer game on on Thursday afternoon. That's I, they have the pieces. Their lineup is certainly not as deep as the Padres, but looking at those pitching staffs right now, and I know the Reds have had to kind of remake their bullpen on the fly, but I, I think they might be just as good as the Padres. And it wouldn't shock me if the Reds pull this off. They also have the easiest schedule down the stretch. That's a huge deal. The yeah. Padres still have to play some series against the giants and Dodgers. And you look at the Reds' schedule. I don't have it pulled up, but it's, there's a lot of pirates. There's some Marlins in there. There's some tigers in there. Um, there's some Cubs in there. There's some Cardinals in there. Um, Cardinals without Jack Flaherty. So it, it wouldn't shock me necessarily if, if the Reds find their way into the wild card game and then get smoked by the Dodgers in the wild card game. I guess any, any well, one game competition is a coin flip, but um, that'll probably be at Dodger Stadium, I guess. That's how that yeah. works usually. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I It's weird because in the beginning of the year, I was like, I would love to see you know, the Padres in a, in a playoff series, like they're not going to be the home team in the wild card game, but the excitement that would be in that stadium. But as the season's gone along, I've actually found myself rooting against the Padres and I don't even know, I don't even understand why. <laughs> um, I think it might be because the Mets collapsed and I'd like to see a, another team collapse and you don't and everyone talks bad. about them and then yeah. not the Mets. I don't know. I, I think it's that that's my coping, my coping mechanism. You know what it Which, is? Yeah, go ahead, Chris. No, no, I'm just gonna say that's that's totally acceptable to me. <laughs> like I I'm I am all about spite yes. when it comes to teams. And if if like my team has some like any sort of collapse, I want I want it to happen to somebody else too, so I don't feel as bad about it. I don't think there's anything wrong with what you're doing. 
appreciate that. What it is yeah. that, that <laughs> kind of turned me against the Padres a little bit, and they beat the Cardinals in the playoffs last year. I don't really care about that. That Cardinals team was terrible. Um, but and I love Fernando Tatis Jr. But that commercial that plays like every time you watch MLB Network, where he's like. Uh, like they That's say, change the game and yeah, the like, game's different now because yeah. he bat flips. Do people really care that much about bat flips? Either way, I'm an apathetic bat flip Twitter account. I like, don't think they not even the novelty is anymore. gone. It totally is gone. It's yeah. just not that interesting either way. Whether you think it's disrespectful or you think it's the coolest thing you've ever seen, like it's just who who cares? Well, like, I yeah. think. I mean, to me, what's important now is that people aren't losing their minds over it anymore in the in the negative way. Like it used yeah. to be where every time that happened, it was just put your head down and run. Quit showing up the other guy and uh, treat the game with respect and play it the right way. Like every single one of those idioms you can't stand. Like people right. have stopped doing that. That's why I think right. it's important. But I'm with you. I don't, it's I like it. But it's not like, oh, my God, did you see that bad flip? It's, it's got to come at the right moment. Like, I don't know if anybody can top the Bautista one ever just because oh, yeah. of just because of the situation, everything that had happened leading up to it. You know, the guys on the field hating each other and fighting and whatnot. And then he does that like that was amazing. And when you yeah. get those random moments every now and then where a guy bat flips in your face because there was some crap talking going on before that. Those are great, but by and large, the bat flip itself isn't all that interesting. I'm just glad we're past the point yeah. where we're getting angry at guys for doing it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There was that recent thing with with Baez and Amir Garrett, where Which I think also, up, yeah. <laughs> Baez hit the, 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 the was a double the center field or whatever and to win the game and he throws the it boat. Up yeah. in the air. He was rowing the boat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he was rowing the yeah. boat. <laughs> but I love Amir. Like on both ends, I thought that was great. Yeah, because yeah. I I like Amir Garrett, and you recall, yeah. uh, was it last year or the year before? Well, I mean, his stuff with the Cubs started, I think, a couple of years ago, where he did the thing where oh, it was Kyle Schwarber. Schwarber was barking at him, and he was Garrett was walking back toward the dugout, and Schwarber's behind him barking at him, and Garrett turns around and looks and sees him, and then puts his hands up and then runs to the yeah. dugout like I don't want to fight you. Like I thought that was. So great. I loved yeah. every second of that. And I, the, here's the thing that matters. What matters is two teams or multiple players on different teams disliking each other and there being an actual legitimate rivalry and not something contrived. Yeah. That's all any of this to me is, is important is, is like that stuff because it makes those series more interesting. It makes like a, a Reds Cubs series now not interesting but it would be yeah. because one team's good and one team's not but when they get together and if Baez was still on it uh on that team like those games then become fun again so i just i love the actual rivalry stuff yeah i agree i mean i i see like francisco lindor is such a such a nice guy <laughs> like but yeah. you always see him kind of like you know patting a player on the behind who's on second base they're joking around i'm like yeah, that's cool. Like he's nice and likable and stuff, but I kind of want to see a little more like fire too. So I don't know. It's a weird thing for like a New York fan to see it. I think <laughs> you, you want him to, to, to hate. You don't want him to be I, like, but see, and, and that's funny because, uh, 
like I like that stuff too. Like I like I just said, I love the rivalries, but I also like the guy who's uh you know affable and he's in the field and then like Miguel Cabrera always joking around with somebody at first, or right. when Adrian Beltre was playing and somebody'd end up on third and he's messing around with that guy. Like that stuff is great right. too. So right. it just I love a variety of things in baseball, and I'm glad sure. we're getting to a point where there's more of it. Right. Right. And, and Anthony Rizzo and Freddie Freeman earlier yes. this season, I think yes. uh, Rizzo was, was mic'd up and he was chasing him around saying Frederick yes. <laughs> on the bases, trying to tag <laughs> yeah. him. Like that was really, really funny. Yeah. <laughs> That's that stuff's the good stuff, man. I love yeah. it. I was looking up some betting odds as, as we were talking, it seems like for, at least for awards, the only, the closest one right now is like American league rookie of the year. Um, yeah. Which I'm surprised by. Be, I, actually, Rosarena kind of just pulled ahead today. Actually, yeah, um, he's, he's minus, the favorite. Yeah. yeah, he's suddenly minus. He was, I think, yesterday when I was looking at, it, he was like plus one thirty, um, but he's minus one twenty five now. Because Adolis Garcia has been really bad for going on yeah. two months now, and Rosarena is, you know, at least gotten it going in a in a semi significant way. I know he kind of started <laughs> here slow. Um, <coughs> Ex Cardinals, <laughs> both of them. I know, right? I, that that's funny. You said that we were uh, just on the betting show I did earlier today. I mentioned that that the top two rookie of the year candidates in the American League have they used to be Cardinals. One guy yeah. three years ago, and the other guy just two years ago. Which and, and Lane uh, Lane Thomas yeah. is a superstar for the Nationals now too. Yeah, right. Oh no, <laughs> I, I just did a Yahoo video clip on him earlier today. Oh really? I mean, Lane Thomas is a pretty, pretty decent player. I think he just needed an opportunity. Like he could be like a fourth outfielder on a good team for two Maybe. months with John Lester. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> I, I yeah. Mean, hey, I don't, I don't know. What's worth going it. On. Worth it. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. He, I mean, God. Uh. <laughs> sorry. I, I, I thought you had, you probably had a point with what you were saying. No, I, 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 didn't I don't remember it. what it was. Oh, you've derailed it. He's <laughs> he's upset now. But I'll say that this for the AL Rookie of the Year. Like, I don't really like any of these choices. How about that? I would agree with that. But and I know this isn't necessarily a, a betting show. But don't even at minus one twenty five, a Rosarena is like a, a lock for that, right? At this probably, point? yeah. Probably who's going to overtake him? Uh, Garcia is not that good. Like, I don't see him. And Luis Garcia or Luis Adoles? Garcia. Yeah. Luis Garcia is not a bad gamble at plus 600. Yeah. Yeah. Mountcastle's had a really good rebound since like a rough start to the season. I wonder if like he hits like, I don't know, like eight homers over the next few weeks. Like, can he rise to, he might. Andrew Vaughn's kind of down. He doesn't really have like the raw power to, to make a big charge at it though. I wouldn't think, I, I think a Rosarina is a good bet, even at a minus. Yeah, I, I I agree. He's probably the favorite. He also has like the name notoriety advantage From last, too. Like they kind of yeah. reward him. Yes, yeah. that's see now that's the point I think is the most important because he was so huge during the postseason last year and in the you know the the days leading up to the playoffs and went on that run. I think. I think people are going to remember that. And then when they're voting at the end of the year and they look through the statistics and they see what he's been doing, if they haven't been paying attention already, they'll see that and they'll go, Oh yeah, he was awesome last year too. He gets my vote. And so I, I think that's, that's going to play a lot because again, we were talking about humans who are voting here. It's not based on, 
you know, wins above replacement strictly. Yeah. It's it's just people are going to vote and people are going to remember his postseason. And I think that will factor in this year. If he if he maintains the level he's at now or something close to it for the rest of the year, that that award is his. So him being the favorite makes absolute sense. We should all yeah. uh, put in on a ticket. I think we are, we're all in agreement. He's he should be a lock. Yeah, the NL like at one point it was just Trevor Rogers and everyone else, but yeah, he's been out for a while. There was a a couple of personal family issues that he was dealing with, um, and he hasn't pitched all of August. Uh, so Jonathan India is definitely pulled ahead there. I think he's the favorite. Rogers is going to pitch in September, but still, India's been incredible. Yeah, India is a heavy. He's minus eight hundred yeah. now. He's a heavy, heavy favorite. Yeah, the there, only, there's, there are some places he's like minus a thousand to win. Yeah, and the only other thing that's super interesting would be the NL West. Um, and let me pull up those odds. Dodgers are actually minus two hundred. They're still it. the favorite. Yeah, hmm. Giants plus one forty. Do you think the Giants? get it done down the stretch i mean it seems like it's silly to doubt them at this point but we've got five weeks left i I didn't realize until like earlier this week that the the regular season runs into october oh yeah yeah i mean the mets will be playing in october this year guaranteed there you go hang up a banner behind you just just (laughs) make shirts the Mets played in October in 2021. You probably do well actually selling those at City. I know sarcasm does well here. Uh, but you're right that that's a really interesting race to me. And as far as the Dodgers being the betting favorite, even though the Giants have led the division like most of the year, mm-hmm. the Dodgers have still been the betting favorite most of the year. It's almost like people are not expecting them. The betters definitely aren't expecting them to hang on to it. Um, I, I don't really know what to think of it. I, I mean, to me, the Dodgers are a better team. I know San Francisco has played better and the results are better. If you look at the strength of schedule for both teams, the giants have it slightly tougher, maybe three or four places tougher than what the Dodgers have, but that could be enough. I mean, if we're talking about a matter of a couple of games here down the stretch, if the giants have a couple of tougher games down the stretch, that might be all LA needs to to overtake them. I mean, the, the Giants still have series against the Cubs. They still have series against uh, Arizona. Both of those teams absolutely stink. Uh, the Dodgers have a ton of games against Arizona, obviously. So that's yeah. going to help them out a lot. It just, it, I think it's a matter of that strength of schedule being just easy enough for the Dodgers that might open the door for them. And they're getting bets back. So, yeah, you know, they should be. Today, right. Yeah, so they they should be healthy by that point. Well, relatively healthy. There are guys they're not going to get back, but um, they're still a stacked team. I honestly think they will overtake the division at some point. Yeah, I I, I just I mean Logan Webb has been out of his mind, uh, which I think a right. lot of people didn't see coming. But it, it kind of feels like we're all been we've all been waiting for the Giants' rotation to kind of come back down to earth all year. Yeah, uh, Gossman hasn't been great recently um so i don't know I, I could definitely see the division flipping which you know isn't really a an insult to the giants because i still think they're a really good team and that offense is super underrated um i think yastrzemski just 
got to 20 homers this week. Yet they lead the the entire major leagues in home runs. And Yastrzemski was the first giant to make it to 20 home runs. I think they have like seven players over 10 home runs. So they're a really well-balanced lineup when they're healthy. Ten minutes ago, the Cardinals were leading seven to three. They're now down eleven to seven. An eight Whoa, what, run, what? An eight-run bottom of the seventh. Oh no, the Pirates! What? Wow. <laughs> Yoshi Yoshi Satsugo just hit a homer. Oh man. Oh boy. Well. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Not to derail the conversation. Well, well no, not- because because I mean they've got that's that's wild card implications there. I know there are still people who think no. That's going to happen. It's Bro, not. No, no, I mean, no. It's, not with yeah. not with Flaherty out, right? No, yeah. right. It, like he would have had to have been a big part of their comeback. I mean, yeah. look, you get him back, and you have one of the legit. I think in the future, unless he continues to have arm problems, uh, and I'm sure you guys have talked about this. That's a dude who, if he stays healthy, is going to get Cy Young votes, like legit Cy Young votes, not like St. Louis Post Dispatch Cy Young votes. I'm talking like <laughs> national. Cy Young votes like that. He will be that guy if he's healthy. And in order for them to make a comeback, you need a stopper in the rotation aside from Adam Wainwright, who kind of is still that Um, you need two of those guys in in order to to make a comeback here. And if he's back on the shelf and it's going to be a while, I I'd say that's pretty much it. I hear shoulder too, with a pitcher. I I get, I, I mean, that's elbow, like forearm, and and there was an oblique earlier, which, you know, 100% success rate recovering from that. But I hear shoulder. I'm just thinking, I don't know, man. I don't know what the future looks like. It, it, those are career altering kind of things. If if he's got some sort of like thoracic outlet or capsule. Yeah, right. Strain. Because I mean, we we talk about this anytime a shoulder issue comes up. It's it's like a cavity. It's not a muscle or a tendon. You know, th- there's no surgery that really fixes it unless it's like a labrum right. tear. You can kind of do something with that, but um, shoulder tightness just, just worries me. I, I don't think he's going to Flaherty's going to pitch again this year. And sort of been two lost years for Flaherty. Yeah. Cause he had the COVID stuff last season and was like throwing bullpen sessions against his hotel mattress in Milwaukee. I don't know. I love well, him, but I, I, I think you're right about the shoulder. It, here's what's weird. Um, people used to say about the elbow surgeries, the you know the Tommy John, the guys come back stronger than ever. But there's a there's actually a decent amount of revision when it comes to guys who have had the elbow injuries. They end up getting hurt again at some point. The the numbers on that, it's not. I don't think it's most pitchers, but it's still a good number of pitchers have to get that surgery again but they can be yeah. pretty effective for a long time until that happens. But when it's shoulder stuff, that usually tends to just affect how they are when they finally do come back. So I'm, I'm with you, Drew, that worries me for him. And it sucks because, you know, he, like I said, he had a uh, Cy Young ability and he's a good young, I, and I, th- I think talent and, and personality in yeah, baseball, right. the kind of guy that people need, like that baseball yeah. needs, and and I was looking forward to a long career from him, but I'm I would be worried about the shoulder now. And he's a very intelligent, thoughtful yes. guy who like Absolutely. doesn't doesn't give you canned interview responses. Um, yeah, he's half he'll tweet he'll tweet out his opinion about anything, yep. which is good too. I like that. Yeah, a lot. I, I like I I love him, and I and I'm worried about how this is going to affect his career. Um, yeah. I'm I'm not just worried about for how it affects the Cardinals. I I don't really care. I think they need to 
kind of reassess where they are this offseason. I, I think they're going to spend a lot of money this offseason because they're getting a, mon- a lot of money off the books. But um, we don't have to turn this into a Cardinals podcast. I think well, we should. Yeah. What, what do you want to? Let's flip over to the AL real quick. I, I had a question about cool. uh, the White Sox um, adding Kimball to the bullpen. I know he hasn't been awesome. Uh, since coming over some of that might just be like pitching in the eighth inning that might be weird for him um but Yasmani Grandal coming back uh Luis Robert coming back um Jimenez coming back like is this the most complete team in the American League because to me like it's hard for me to really poke holes in in any area of their team well um let's look at the rotation which statistically has been one of the best in the american league if not the best and you have guys that you can identify as your top two starters and uh you know in lance lynn and lucas giolito and in carlos rodon Rodon, i I don't mean i don't mean to take him out of it but it's because he didn't throw a lot of innings last year the year before that has dealt with a lot of injuries i still am more comfortable with him being kind of your your number three in a playoff situation, but they have two guys that you identify as legitimate top of the rotation, at least two, maybe three that you identify as top of the rotation. They have now. And I I know the old saying, the joke is that if you have two closers, you don't have any, well, that's different here because they have two actual legitimate closers who are now pitching the eighth and ninth for them. And they have a lineup that can struggle. They didn't struggle earlier today, but they can struggle they're set up their roster. Their starting roster is set up for them to be the best in the American league, but they have to stay healthy. They could probably, you know, withstand on injury, uh, but it can't be more than that. Can't be uh, two significant injuries. Then they're going to be in trouble. Um, so yeah, I do think they're set up better than anybody else. Doesn't mean they're going to win it, but I think they're set up the best. I think when Grundahl comes back this weekend, or that's the expectation, they'll finally have their projected opening day line, minus yes. Adam Eaton, who I guess is playing for the Angels now or something. Uh, didn't they let him go too? They might. They might have let him go. I think, Cesar I Hernandez is, is on the White Sox now. Cesar too. Hernandez. Right. I, I, I like that addition. He hasn't been awesome either, but I guess he's their leadoff hitter. Yeah, he has days, been. Right? Yeah, but yeah. well, that was when Tim Anderson was out for a bit. I, I think. Yeah, oh, right, 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 right. He's still top of the order, though. I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, why not? I mean, he's he has kind of sacrificed some OBP for homers this year, but there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. And even if you got to bat him as like a second leadoff man towards the bottom of the order, I, I like Cesar Hernandez. He's a good player. I was gonna kind of end uh, the show on like let's pick out some like long shot or maybe even not even long shot, but like some World Series odds. So the Dodgers are favored at plus two seventy five. Mm-hmm. They're, they're the top. Uh, Astros plus five twenty five, White Sox plus six seventy five. Which I, I kind of like. Brewers, I'm surprised are number four. I, I thought that maybe you could get some value on them, but they're plus eight hundred. Yankees are down to plus a thousand. They were plus fifteen hundred as of Tuesday, um, mm. but they're obvious. They're like betting on Notre Dame. Like it just don't do it. Um, Rays plus eleven hundred. I don't like the Rays at all this yeah. year, and I I just really. I I don't see the pitching working. Who are they going to in a playoff series? Well, Jamie with Glass go out. Yeah, yeah, I mean, right. yeah. Luis right. Patino, like Michael Waka, um, yeah. Ryan Yarbrough. I mean, Chris Archer, like <laughs> roll back the clock. And I know that they're very creative and they can throw a bunch of relievers at you, but they have more, re- they have like 20 relievers, one, two, three, four, five. They have 15 relievers on the injured list right now. Um, yeah, their bullpen's a mess. I, I I don't like the Rays 
at all. And that's famous last words in my wedding. <laughs> um, <laughs> Giants plus twelve hundred. Braves. So yeah, plus that's not bad. Yeah, Braves are Braves could be sneaky too. I gotta say they're getting Husker and Noah, or the, he came back earlier or last week, and then Ian yeah. Anderson is coming back maybe this weekend yeah. or early next week. Yeah, with Charlie Morton, they kind of have the arms to. to yeah, get I, I circled the Braves on my on my uh, list here. I, I would think still, the best I would value. Still, uh, I would still probably. I think this is White Sox Brewers kind of World Series. Yeah, I I'd be into that. I really like the Brewers here. If I'm going. If somebody said I had to take $500 of my own money and I have to put it on somebody beyond the White Sox, right? I'm probably going with Milwaukee here because of of the thing that we... It's not just because they have the fourth best odds. It's because they have a lineup that when it's together, it can hit. They have a bullpen that can shut people down. And they have... Like I was talking about those top two guys at, at the beginning of the rotation that are legitimate Cy Young guys, legitimate yeah. Cy Young contenders in Woodruff and Corbin or uh, Burns. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and if you if you have that going into a playoff series, you're set up better than just about anybody else, unless the other teams you face have that. And the White Sox are the other team that has that we're talking about. So if I had to pick somebody and it was beyond those first three favorites, it, it would be Milwaukee. I wouldn't be putting 500 bucks on the Braves. Um, I, I certainly wouldn't do it on San Francisco no. and, you know, Boston, San Diego. No, like those those teams are out. The Brewers have the bullpen too, like Hater. I, yes. people, people thought Devin Williams was going to take a big step back this year. Yep. Maybe he's not been not, as he's, dominant, he's, but he's been great. Brad Box, yep. Boxberger has been awesome. Lately, mm-hmm. even Hunter Strickland's been good. And I think the Freddie Peralta IL situation was a lot like the Carlos Rodon situation. Where giving him rest. Just giving him rest. Yeah. Call it yeah. shoulder inflammation. And because, I mean, both, there's similar stories where they just didn't get enough of a workload last year due to injuries and just ineffectiveness. Yeah. Um, the Brewers are built for the postseason. They are. Uh, the, <laughs> it could work perfectly for them. But yeah. then, you know, baseball is a, is a very unpredictable that game. And <laughs> who knows? But yeah, I mean, they're, they're positioned favorably. I don't, I don't love the Brewers lineup, but they're capable of being fine. Yeah, it can be kind of woken up here lately. Yeah. yeah. It can be enough in a playoff series. It can be enough as long as you have that pitching. And I think the Peralta point is a really good one. Um, you know, Carlos Rodon, I think the last time he threw over 100 innings was five years ago. Yeah. And he's over that mark now. And here's Peralta, who's never done it. Mm-hmm. And I think the most he ever got was like 90, 80, 90. And that was a couple of seasons ago. Yeah. So they are absolutely being careful with him. I, I would bet money on that, that it's more of like just trying to manage his workload than him being really injured. Yep. I agree. So I think we do have to take off. Oh, but Chris, okay, it's been awesome. <laughs> you seem uh, offended. You seem offended. <laughs> well, yeah, no, I mean, we, usually we try to keep it thirty to forty minutes. We never do it. Of um, course not. Uh, but this has been a great time, Chris. Thanks so much for coming on. And if you want to plug anything, the floor is is yours to do so. Uh, no, I don't have anything to plug. My new book is coming out in twenty fifty five. So. <laughs> We'll keep an eye out for whatever next, buys Amazon. Go I don't ahead. know what it's going to be about, but it'll be something. It's the next great American novel. <laughs> Probably All not. Right. It'll just it'll just be a, a story about going out with Drew. <laughs> one, it, 
my night with Drew Silva. People might why is that. he why is he covered in mud? That'll be the title of the of the book. <laughs> why is he covered in mud? I, I, I like that actually. That did, that did happen one night. It was that rainy. actually did happen. It did totally. It was very dark. There was mud on the sidewalk. <laughs> I was wearing sandals, and I slipped and fell back in mud. I still have All like right. a little little uh, totally uh, totally sober. I'm sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Okay. All right. So, uh, thanks so much, Chris. This was, this was a great time. Uh, we'll have to have you back maybe during the playoffs, something. Hey, I'm, I'll be here. Let me cool. know. Awesome. You just live uh, in that room right there. <laughs> That's it. Just I'm in this room with my, my room dividers that keep out the echo Waiting because I'm a, a professional. You are a professional. I'm certainly That's- not. That's what I'm doing. Hey. I, I can hear your AC unit running in the back. DJ. You yeah, cannot. It just, no, mine, mine just popped on. Oh, yours did. Okay. It's cool. Yeah. Because mine actually I, I, I did. Don't mind. All right. I just sweat. I, I just sweat during the show like a good podcast host. Yeah. Anyway, well, you can go take a nap on the guest bed behind you now. Maybe I will. <laughs> Maybe I will. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks again, Chris. If you See like you what you're hearing with this show, circling the bases, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review if you don't mind. Follow us on Twitter if you don't already. I'm at DJ Short. Drew is at Drew Silve. Be safe out there, everyone. Take care. We'll see you next time. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.